Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our topic today is death of a twin, and our guest is Linda Poutney. Linda's identical twin sister, Paula, died in a plane crash when she was 21. As vice president of Twinless Twins Support Group International, she's involved in regional and national activities. In 2007, Linda organized twins to participate in the Compassionate Friends Worldwide Candle Lighting. Linda leads workshops about using scrapbooking as a tool in healing and is the owner of Scrap Artist... Now, I knew I was going to say that wrong. Artistry, manufacturing scrapbooks in the U.S. She is passionate about helping twins survive the devastating loss of their twin. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you, Heidi. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Linda. It's great to have you on the show today. Well, tell us a little bit about Paula and about her uh, death. And then we can talk about her life also because I'm sure uh, she was a wonderful person. Well, Paula was my identical twin, and we were different in some ways and very much alike in others. And um, Paula, I had Paula in my life for 21 years. We, at, we went through different stages in our twinship. We were, were inseparable. We were close. We got even my father couldn't tell us apart in our younger years. And then when we hit high school, we, we wanted to, we worked on our individuality. We wanted to be different from each other. Um, Paula was somebody that... I felt like she could read my mind. I never had to explain one word to her. She automatically knew what I was saying or how I felt. And it's hard to explain to a non-twin, a singleton, if you will, what it means to have a partner in life from birth or actually from from before birth. Now, did you have your special language? I uh, sometimes hear that twins have some special language when they're really little. We did have a special language, and, and we didn't, I think we were like three years old before we actually talked to many other people. <laughs> we were busy talking to each other. We, we shared a crib. Uh, we, we were, it's, to, to grow up a twin, you almost have, you almost feel like one unit together, a twin. I was going to say, it's like an extension of yourself, it sounds like. It is. It's a definite extension. I mean, the bond develops, but uh, one of the things that happens is for twins is our identities are formed in different ways than for singletons. My identity as a twin was dependent and actually developed from a relationship with my twin. So thereby, when the bond is severed, when my twin died, it poses a, a big problem for many twins, for most twins, in that we no longer know who we are without our twin. Because mm-hmm. we don't really become a singleton. Our whole experience from, you know, before birth, in the womb, relating to each other, 3D technology can show twins hugging and kissing and even kicking. And, and then all of a sudden we're alone in the world. And this is how many twins come into Twinless Twin Support Group that way in the sense that they don't know, they can't find who they are. And thus it, it poses a real problem in that how can I go on without my twin? Mm-hmm. And, and Linda, can you tell us a little bit about the day that, that your sister died, because I thought that was such an amazing story, the day that Paula died. Ah, uh, yes, this is emotional still for me. Um, it was a Thanksgiving evening, and it was the first holiday we spent apart, and um, 
we, we really, my, I was with my family, my brother, my parents, and, and we, we didn't know. We knew Paula had gone down to Key West as part of a group. Paula was a social worker working in Florida off of near Miami, and she went to Key West on a Thanksgiving weekend venture, and we didn't know that she was going up in a plane, and that was all found out much later. But during the time, it was around 10 p.m., and I was um, on my way home, and I, I wasn't the driver. I was glad of that. I was in a passenger in a car, and I... I felt overcome by, uh, the closest I can think of to say is panic, dread. I felt closed in, almost claustrophobic, like I had to get out of what I was, where I was. In fact, the driver of the car pulled over, and I just had to jump out of the car. And, and this happened at the, we found out later, at the exact same time that my twin sister Paula was facing her death going down in a small plane, which crashed into the Atlantic Ocean after, off of Florida. Mm. And so yeah. I had told my mother and my mother's friends, and we didn't find out till the next day that there was a possibility that she was in that plane. It was a last-minute decision on her part. Two people had decided not to go, so she went up in this small four-seater. It was a rental plane, and, and uh, the young man driving didn't have too much pilot's experience. There were no instruments, no instrument training. And they crashed. The closest was that they probably lost their horizon over the ocean at night. Mm-hmm. And the plane was seen going straight up and then straight down about a mile off the coast. So wow. I can't even know that I felt, felt her panic when she died. That's mm-hmm. amazing that you could feel those emotions and feeling claustrophobic and maybe feeling like she, your sister did with Paula when she died. Yeah, I, I feel like I felt her anxiety as a passenger in the plane. Mm-hmm. And her panic sort of came over me like it was my own. And thereby it, it's, and the experience is just as fresh now as it, as it was when it happened. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting looking at Elizabeth DeVita Rayburn's book, which is where you were interviewed. It's a book on sibling loss and reading the chapter on twins because other twins have similar experiences when their twin dies. They actually feel like something is happening to them at the same time. Yes, they do. And some of them feel the physical pain. I know quite a few p- twins that actually feel the if their twins had a heart attack, they feel the pain. One twin was stabbed and could actually feel the pain of his twin. And so it's, it's something that not a lot of people talk about. I know the um, scientific world might not have any material to back that up, but there's not a lot of studies done all in all on twins themselves. Twins are mostly used to field to get information on people. Mm -hmm. Or on genetics. On genetics, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think that I have a feeling, Linda, that there are people out there right now who are saying, you know, I'm not a twin, but that same thing happened to me. Didn't deal with it initially. In fact, I think that the trauma of having that happen to me and then another thing, I I was sent to the airport to to, uh, to sign or greet her, and, and it was actually her coffin that came in. Wow. And I wasn't prepared for that. And um, I, I pretty much, after that point, uh, the focus was more on my parents. And um, there wasn't, this was back in the early 70s, and, and I was really not, I didn't have the know-how to grieve. I, I didn't give myself permission. And, and there really, there wasn't the support and permission given to me or even expected of me to go through anything. So I really did run away from my grief. Um, did, you, did anybody say things to you like, oh, you look just like her, or I felt like she's coming in the room? Or um, That happened to me when I went to Florida to take care of my twin sister's affairs, and her dog ran up to me, the dog I had given her one Christmas, and, wow. and all excited. And then as soon as he got close enough to know it wasn't Polly, he hightailed it back out. 
with his tail between his legs. And um, I, I was uncomfortable when people would say that, but what I did to uh, avoid that one was I, I moved away. I did I moved away from Connecticut. I live in Connecticut, and I actually moved to Hawaii. And I spent many years living away from my family and um, from people that might say, oh, is that yes. uh, Paula? And then you'd say, uh, no, actually, you know, no. and how is Paula? That would be the next question. Uh, right? And it was just painful, and it would, it, would, it would get me in touch with it, you know. And it wasn't until uh, eight years after Paula died that uh, my brother, who was my, my big older brother, I looked up to him. He kind of took care of me in certain ends, and his name was Peter, and he was five years older than me, and he died in a car crash. A, oh, no. A drunk driver came on the highway going the wrong way and, and hit him, and he died instantly. And when, when that death happened, I moved back and was with my family and my parents, and my mother taught me a lot about grief. I mean, she was one that just faced it, talked about Peter. We talked about Peter and Paula, and I, and I was then able to grieve for my twin and my brother. It, it, was, it was pretty overwhelming, and I didn't didn't really do all of my grief for my twin, if that's understandable. And then uh, years after that, I was uh, faced with the death of both my parents. They died in a row, and that was the last remaining of my family of origin. And um, with that came a huge, huge amount of twin loss grief. And then I was grieving for my mother and father, who I was close to. And, and it was complicated because there was four people, and I, I couldn't pinpoint who I was grieving for, but... My twin loss was, was just really intense, and that's when I contacted the Twinless Twins Support Group International. So, Belinda, let me stop you for a minute because I'm getting yep. overwhelmed. I can't believe all these losses. Now, your, your sister, I just want to clarify, your sister Paula died when she was 21, and yep. then eight years later your brother dies in a car accident at tw- when you're 29. Is that right? That's right. And then how many years after that do both your parents die? Um, I was in my early 40s, so 15 years ago. So, and then both your parents died within a year and a half of each other? They did, yes. Of illnesses, and, is that correct? They, they were, yes, and the hospice was involved, and actually it was, there, was some, there was some beauty to it in the sense that both my, my brother and sister, my twin sister and my brother, died in sudden accidents. There was mm-hmm. no closure. There was no seeing their bodies afterwards. There it's easy to be in shock and just continue to go on frozen in your emotions. You know, if there, if there's no, I, it wasn't real to me on one end with my sister. So with my parents, I had the opportunity to be with each one of them when they died, and it, and it gave a new meaning to my other losses. I, I, you know, there was a certain piece about it, and I then went on my journey to explore all the other losses, and, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. <laughs> Now, did you think about the fact that when Paula died that your parents actually lost you in a way, too? Did they ever say anything about that? I was just thinking of your moving away. Um, Yes. Oh, that part, yes. And my mother and I, I talk to her every week, and I still have a a lot of letters that we wrote and conversed and recently read through them again, and, and she was trying to get me in touch with it. She said, you mean you don't feel anything? And I talk, but I was... I was, um, well, what, what it comes out afterwards is, is your, the trauma of losing a twin. It brings on the post-traumatic stress syndrome of you just block out the memories. And it wasn't until I dealt with the grief that the memories came back and I got a good piece of my twin back. In other words, some of the memories were blocked out with a post-traumatic stress. And, and, and until you do the work and actually process it and go back and relive through some of the experiences that you weren't capable of dealing with 
prior to that point. In other words, I actually went back in time mm-hmm. in my grief work and and even went back and, you know, met with people that Paula was close to, her friend Betty, and, and you know, just went and, and did the whole thing like it had just happened. You know, that's really important for everyone out there to know that if you're not prepared to deal with grief in an intense way that other people may want you to, um, you may not be ready, but uh, Linda shows that you can do it anytime, that you, you can go back. Go back. It, it may delay it, but you may not be ready to do it. Yep. And I think with sibling loss... In general, oftentimes we put our grief on hold because we are concerned about our parents and we're, we are concerned about other people, and we, we revisit it later, like, mm-hmm. saying, like Linda did. Now, Linda, I'm thinking you, your business now is uh, um, scrap artistry and manufacturing scrapbooks. Is that part of what uh, helped you do your healing, going back, doing articles, doing pictures, doing things, creating memories? That's very insightful of you. Yes, my first scrapbook was about my twin sister, and I remember being consumed. I, I gave myself some time, and I, and I actually took some, you know, days off from work, and in fact, actually months when I when you get down to it, just cut my hours down. And and I. Was, and what were you doing then for work? I was. Um, I owned a company as a distributor in the craft market, mm-hmm. and similar to now, I own a company in, as a scrapbooker in the same market, scrapbook mm-hmm. manufacturer. Anyway, um, I just was delving. I had this one-on-one time with photos of Paula, and then I continued with my brother and my parents, and I would scrapbook, and, you know, and a lot of your emotions come out when you're focusing your energies on the pictures and the photographs, and, and the creative process of scrapbooking can be so healing. Now, this was years after your sister was killed. It was. It this was, was what? Fifteen years ago. Fifteen years, yeah, yeah, that you started doing I I love this. I love this story because, you know, people have these timetables for us. Mm-hmm. Like it's too, it's either too early or too late, and it's, it's just not. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing I do want to say for people who might be listening who not so much are, are there to listen for their own loss, but if you're around, if you're a supporter of somebody who has a loss, not to make the mistake that, that, they're, that they don't need you to mention their, their loved ones that are no mm-hmm. longer here. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel, for me, I love to, at times, and not talk about how they died, but talk in a funny story about Paula or Peter, my brother. And, and sometimes people are uncomfortable with it who haven't experienced loss in their life. But I think at any time, even if it's 20 years later, 10 years, 30 years, it's important for us to keep them in our lives. I mean, the... The relationship doesn't just end. We need to talk about them. And, and I think a lot of people, society's view is that, you know, you take your year to grieve and then it's over with and something must be wrong with you if you want to talk about them. But for me, what, one of the biggest things I've learned besides facing my pain is that keeping these people, these people I love, these are, these are my family, keeping them alive in my heart and also alive in my family. Both of my two sons, Luke and Noah, don't Never had the opportunity to know my sister Paula. That's their aunt Paula. So when time was right, this was 15 years ago, and then when Luke was born, I brought, I kept pictures out. I brought more pictures out, and it's not a morbid thing. It's okay. this is who I am, and this is who your aunt was. And, and you'll always, you're always a twin. Yes, always. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. My young son is is a big supporter of that. He switched classes, and, uh, <laughs> and of course, she set me up on this one. Uh, she, I didn't realize that she had a presentation to give in her class. 
you know, in other words, she had an oral report, <laughs> and knowing that that would kill me going in and, you know, not being able to give it. And, uh, okay. and one of us got a lecture on being a social butterfly. But we did actually, my claim to fame was uh, her long-term boyfriend. I dated him first. <laughs> now, and, and were there roles that, like, you know, usually there's a twin that's more extroverted and one that's more introverted. Did you have that between you and uh, your sister? Yes. Or? I think she was definitely more adept on the social skills earlier mm-hmm. than I was. And so I looked think- at her as the leader twin. She was the leader twin. So after she died, did you feel like you had to fill that role? Um, well, number one, after she died, is I felt like I couldn't go on without her. I mean, it was mm-hmm. such a threat to be used to being two people that acted as one, and all of a sudden I'm a, a single, a solo person. Uh, so it was, it was what I wasn't good at because she was good at, which is in the social one, was, was definitely hard for me to do. It wasn't until... I actually went through my journey through grief, did the work of grieving that I didn't, then that's when I came out at the other end knowing who I was by myself with mm-hmm. her in my heart is how I think of it. And, um, but it was, I couldn't do what she used to do. Right. Well, it's interesting in looking at the Twinless Twins website where you're vice president and um, Dr. Brandt, the one that started that organization, in reading his story, he talks about how when his brother died, he went down and looked into the coffin and felt like he should crawl in with his twin. Yes. I, they uh, should be together. I, I definitely, I can relate to that. I felt like it was me being drawn in, and then I, at that point, I blocked it off. You know, I was good at repressing emotions back at 21. <laughs> now, when you see the twinless twins, uh, when you see people in the organization, is there a difference, do you think, between losing a fraternal twin um, and um, same, well, I guess it's same sex. If they're fraternal, they're, um, can, can two girls be from different eggs, or is it, are they? Yeah, fraternal twins can be the same sex. Or they can be the same sex, they okay. Look alike. Identical twins are a split egg, and fraternal twins are from two different eggs, right? Yes. Okay, so is there a difference, uh, have you seen it, between fraternal and same and identical? As and identical? far as grief, I can't say that there is. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you're you're both fraternal and identical are are in in utero together. One is um, a little more cl- closer physically, touching the other twin, but you're still experiencing each other. So there's that bond that develops before you're even born. Uh, there is, and then after that, it's the history. Your 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 genes are not as the same, if you will. Mm-hmm. Same sex twins right. are identical DNA copies. But at this point, I, I personally don't feel that there's a difference in the grief. Um, I've heard some Ooh. people think there is, but I don't see it. Mm-hmm. What's interesting in life is that, like, we had twins in our neighborhood, Bonnie and Kathy Corbett, and they looked a lot alike, and we just called them twin. Uh-huh. We, we didn't even use their names. They were in twins. fact, their parents called them twin exactly. and their siblings. And so oh, exactly. we just looked at them as one person, even though they were two, and it's so ironic we never called them by their names. Yeah, we were always called the twins. <laughs> now when I think of it, it's, and I read, I've probably read everything there is on twins <laughs> and bereavement and twin loss, but um, when, I, when I hear us described, it's Paula was my co-twin, so it's mm-hmm. still as part of a whole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now what about um, male and female? Do you see any difference between the, the way a male grieves as opposed to a female? Oh, I definitely think men grieve differently than women. Um, I, I'm happy to report that we have 
We have men in Twinless Twin Support Group, and, and they get in touch with their emotions, and it's so powerful when they explain and that they put that raw emotion on the line, become vulnerable, and are able to convey it to the rest of us at mm-hmm. national conferences. They'll, you know, get up and talk about their twin. And because men are known not to do this as much, it's, it's very powerful when they do. Mm-hmm. Our, our president right now recently was telling me on the phone, uh, his name is Rennie Halford, and he was telling me that both his wife and his daughter didn't think that he would make it the first year after losing mm-hmm. his twin. Mm-hmm. And to hear that, you know, it's, you don't think that, you know, that men can talk about their feelings as much. And, and I know that there are differences. <laughs> and, and what's your feeling about talking about it? I know that you have your scrapbooking, uh, too, and I want to talk more about how that heals, how you feel that it heals. But um, do people need to talk about it? Do all men need to talk or is scrapbooking or writing or what's your um, thought? I don't know that I can actually say or comment on if all men need to talk. I personally feel that... Anyone who's experienced a major loss or a loss that is, is an important, important person in their life needs to find support from other people with a similar loss. Um, and that's what, and in terms of twinship, whether we are men or women, we come together in this organization called Twinless Twin Support Group to actually be there for each other because we've all experienced losing our twin. You can get so much understanding from listening and talking, communicating in any manner, whether it be online, we offer forums and Yahoo group. And you know, just to be able to hear that you're not crazy, that you're not feeling these feelings and no one else in the world has them is, I think, the number one redeeming thing about connecting to a group. And, and what do you think, Linda, is the biggest difference between losing, was for you losing your twin, Paula, and losing your brother, Peter? Oh, I wondered if you'd ask me that. Um, well, the biggest difference I touched upon when I first came on that half hour ago is the identity issue. It felt like I knew I was separate from my brother. We didn't have, we weren't born the same. We didn't share the same womb. We weren't, didn't have the same genes. But with Paula, my, I didn't know who I was after. In other words, here I was being part of something, part of a twinship. It was always the two of us. And uh, Mary R. Morgan is a social worker that works with our organization, and she describes it as that twins think of themselves as a we. And so how can I always, for all these years of my life, be a we, and then all of a sudden I'm supposed to be an I? So, so that's so a double it's loss. an identity issue more than anything mm-hmm. for me. So it's a double loss because you lose not only your twin, but you lose your own identity, like you were saying. And you lose a piece of yourself, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I like this uh, when there's a, a, a twin psychologist, her name is uh, Dr. Barbara Klein, and she describes twin identity as, the, as twins, we have an identity as an individual person, and then we also have an identity as a twin. I mean, I know that I'm an individual person now, and as you know, I'm functioning, talking on the phone, <laughs> raise a family, a business, etc. But when you're faced with the loss of your twin, all you ever knew was a we, this one unit together. So there's a lot of I guess the difficulty there is, first off, to feel safe to come to terms with that, to explore it. And and other twins who have lost their twins offer this safety, this community, you know, a a group to communicate with that offers a safe place for you to get in touch with this motion. They offer, like, understanding. For me, when I came into Twinless Twins, the founder, Dr. Raymond Brandt, what he offered me was I said, have you ever heard of anyone from this long ago? And he came on the phone himself and I said, from this long ago, it's all of a sudden experiencing losing their twin. And he said, yes, himself. He, he told me his story. And he said, you know, and it, it, there's, 
you, you feel like you're no longer a twin, and that's part of the identity issue also. And, and um, part of what he would say, and I didn't quite understand it at first, but I certainly celebrate it now, is that once a twin, always a twin. And just because you are a twin and you've lost your twin doesn't mean you're no longer a twin. And that's something that we've all embraced in this organization, mm-hmm. is that we're still a twin. I can't erase everything, all the patterning and my developmental years of being a twin. I'm always going to think in terms of we. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and actually, I kind of uh, cherish the fact that I am a twin, and I think twins offer the world a lot in terms of the intense relationship that they share. Where else do you have, like, your, it's almost like having your perfect soulmate from from before birth and on. We, we learn to think of another person as much, if not more at times, than we think about ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's that depth of relationship. And we do try to find our twins and other people in our life, especially those of us who have lost a twin. I think my husband feels like he's been twinned a few times. <laughs> so you try to find that. Well, talk a little bit. I was reading some of the literature, and it said that um, sometimes uh, twins, and I think this is true of other people too, but, but in the literature it talks um, about feeling aimless. Uh, how can I make it without my twin? I think you mentioned that. But another thing it talks about is uh, after a twin dies, um, higher-risk behaviors for recklessness and suicidal behavior. Yes, it's, it's definitely true. And actually in twins, uh, the second year is a big year for risk to no longer feel that you have a place here. You don't, and, and then again, it, it ties to, you know, who am I? There's no reason to be here. And I, you know, I remember some of those feelings. And I think that one of the things in our organization that we do is, is our motto is healing by helping. And, and that's a, a big thing for me because by once you're felt that way. I like that, healing by helping. Because we do talk about that, don't we, Heidi? Yeah, that's a big thing for mm-hmm. us in the sense that, okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling so <clears throat> intense, depressed, and it, it's new for me, and I'm newly bereaved, and then I move forward in life. I get some healing in. I, I come to terms. I process some of the emotions, and, and then all of a sudden I, I'm faced in a, in a, with, a, with a twin who's just lost their twin, and it, it's heartbreaking, but to reach out and see them grasp a little piece of hope to know that there is life after twin loss is, is kind of what spurs all of us on in the sense that, that that helping is giving us so much healing. Mm-hmm. Now tell me, um, I was thinking that if you were in high school or, or grade school, I, I, think, I think adolescents are particularly vulnerable and you lost a twin, I would imagine that would be really traumatic because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's traumatic anyway, but having to go to school every day and look like that other person do you have people come into the organization, or how how do yeah. does your organization are they able to support those twins out there that are still in high school? Yes, we have, we have many children. We we've had kids as young as I want to say five years old, maybe even a year younger that come in. It's interesting to see the really young ones and their memory of their mm-hmm. twin and how they feel about it and what things they've tried to do to, to be with their twin and how they keep them alive and and uh, parents and family members come to our organization with them. We have uh, quite a few twins that lost their twin in high school and in, in middle school also, college kids. We have how, did they co- how did the younger ones cope with it? You know, it, it's, it's difficult reaching out. We, there's a, our Yahoo group has twins of all ages and just being able to when you're having a day where you need to talk about it, being able to put it out, getting on a, a website where other twins are on and, and talking about it and saying it is, 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 is 
half the battle just to come up and find the words for it. And then hearing back from someone is another gift. Having someone else your same age or even someone not your age echo back. Knowing, you're, knowing you're not alone. And knowing other you're kids not alone, been exactly. There. And, and yeah. you know, even if you're young, there's such, an, like you said, there's such an intensity even in utero and as an infant that even if you're young and you lose a twin, it must, it's ter- it must be terribly painful because you have this intense bond. The intense bond twin. is there, but there's no way to, there's not as much validation because if your twin never walks the earth, obviously it's hard enough in this society to acknowledge grief. If you're grieving for someone that nobody else met, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can only imagine that. And yet the early lost twins who lost their twins before birth and right after birth. And, and, and a lot more of that's going on now, of course, with uh, our in vitro things that are going on. Uh, um, yeah. A lot more twinning. The twinning rates have really risen. I know it's over 3%. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got some uh, between 1990 and 2002, the multiple birth rate climbed 42 percent. Wow! In 2002, nearly one fourth of all low birth weight infants were born in multiple delivery, so they're also very much at high risk. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the infant mortality rate's quite high for twins now too, and triplets. So a lot going on there. Right now, uh, it's it's called Scrap Artistry, and you manufacture scrapbooks in the U.S., yes. and they are, tell us about your scrapbooks. Uh, scrap Artistry is all made in the U.S. from the more a typical page protector type, top-loading page protector type scrapbook, but all of our covers are made from different unique fabrics. I buy uh, fabric from design houses around the world. Some of them are prints. Uh, some are solid colors, and we even make a uh, a Twins Forever scrapbook. And, and Twin Wonderful. Twins uses those for different workshops. And and how would people get a hold of these, these scrapbooks if they wanted to order them? Uh, you can go on uh, scrapartistry.com. That's great. Okay. So talk a little bit about your family. You were talking about the, now you're, your sister died, and then your brother Peter died, and then mom and dad died in, what, the past 21 years? Or... Yeah. And uh, talk a little bit about how you've come to terms with that as a whole. Uh, boy, well, I, I think I have to say that with multiple losses, things can get complicated in grieving. And for me, there was a period after... Uh, three of the best, where I couldn't tell who I was grieving for. So I think that if, that, if you are a listener out there and you, and you do have that situation where you have multiple losses and, and, and it, feel, it feels a little overwhelming, I, I think that what I have to say about it is that it, it does, it does uh, come together in the end. I just would let myself grieve and not worry about it. I'd grieve for whoever I was grieving for. And I'm um, working through all those different griefs. I've kind of found out at the end that there's a grief for my whole family, and there's there's not much out there for support groups or internet sites or anything like that for people who have lost their whole family uh, prematurely. But it, it is a feeling of that you've lost your whole history, and so mm-hmm. I do. I, I I get in touch. I make sure I'm in touch with family members that I have, um, you know, cousins, and, and they're important in my life. I have many people that I've adopted as sisters or they've adopted me, my mm-hmm. sister Monica's friend. And I, I think one thing that, that I've done is I have a close friend, Peggy, who who her uh, brother was murdered many years ago, and, and she sort of was a turning point for me. She pulled me out of my grief and I ventured back into the world. And what we do together is we do bereavement rituals, for instance, some, something fun, so that we, like 
Uh, for instance, one time we, my sister Paula and I would always eat hot fudge sundaes. So on the anniversary of her death, Peggy came over with armed with hot fudge sundaes and balloons and flowers, and we actually went to the cemetery. And we sat there and we ate hot fudge sundaes. Mm, I, I, I kind of do something, whatever feels, for me it's, it's easier to do something different each time. I found myself bringing out all my scrapbooks. One, one day I came down and it was, I think, on the anniversary of, of my sister, I think, and my husband was sitting there with all these old scrapbooks of Paula, like old, old ones from our kids' years, and, and I uh, said, this is your life. And I think it's just important to put yourself in touch because what I found if I don't give myself time to catch up with grief on anniversaries and birthdays, for twins have a difficult time with their birthday. I should say that right out. Mm-hmm. If there is a twinless twin in your life, a birthday is definitely a time to get in touch with them, and, and it's just you know it's a shared day. So I definitely do things that to honor my twin. I'm big on lighting candles for everyone in my family, and my extended family does the same on during holidays that we have together. That's so great. on your birthday, will you celebrate your birthday as well as Paula's? You know, good question. I have had a hard time celebrating my birthday. It's mm-hmm. still, it's still a difficult day. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my close friend slash sister Peggy, we moved my birthday to May. <laughs> so I have my own iron. Oh, that's interesting. That's, every year. That's a wonderful idea to move your birthday if that's a tough day. Well, I was also thinking about one of the things that's kind of gone by the wayside uh, in our busy world are family reunions, which are, are a wonderful thing to get together with the, with the relatives and discuss uh, those people who have gone before us. A uh, wonderful thing. Well, um, you know, it's almost time for us to close the show, Linda, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I know for the work you're doing, it's pretty wonderful, isn't it, Heidi? Absolutely. She's, she's a great example to everybody that you can survive and thrive despite the losses in your life. Absolutely, and uh, you got you have two other children now, and uh, so you're telling them about their ancestors and cousins and and uh, their aunts and grandparents, and and really keeping that alive with your scrapbooking, right? Yes, sharing their lives, the funny stuff, not not just their, the death part of it. It's keeping them alive, you know, mm-hmm. for other people. Uh, and really, and really, who they were, and who they are, and who they are in your life. Mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, with um, being uh, uh, surviving the death of a twin that that I would th- think initially you kind of feel like you had to cut off from her a bit, and now you've reintegrated her into your life. Oh, I definitely have. I feel more that I have her back now from doing the work of grief. Mm-hmm. So that, that's wonderful there. There's such hope in that message. We don't cut off from our loved ones, and Heidi and I talk about continuing bonds and how these people really remain with us, and the memories become stronger and um, more interesting and happier, and we're really able to um, recall and remember who the people are that are, are part of us and part of our history. That's true. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. It, it's been just wonderful having you on. And um, Heidi, was there anything you uh, missed that you wanted to talk about before we ended the show? No, I think Linda covered pretty much everything. Can okay. I say a message, a yes. message to our listeners? Absolutely. Um, I just want to say, first off, to whoever's listening, I'm so sorry for your loss. Each one of our losses is so unique. I mean, it's only because we loved that we feel this pain. And uh, grief takes so much work and bravery and soul-searching. I know I am richer in spirit from this journey. And I, and I know at times we feel like our journey doesn't have an end. It's, it's, um, but but we, get, we get our loved ones back. 
in our lives. And I, I've sort of found my pro- myself in the process of grieving for my twin, and I found I still am a twin. If you are a twin or a family member or friend of a twinless twin, please join us on the website at twinlesstwins.org or twinlesstwins.com, or you can call 888-205-8962. Thank you so much, Gloria and Heidi. It's been wonderful having you Thank on, you. Linda Patney, and it's time to close our show. Please. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.